Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We were sitting there, and we both got our guns in our laps and just kind of looking around. And I think I was looking behind me to see if anything was coming in. And all of a sudden I hear, psh, psh, and I look at Sam, and he's not moving, but he's giving me the... <laughs> the old arrow <laughs> yeah, kind of like what you do when a deer sneaks up on you i'm like so i look over and there is a massive hog 20 yards away just staring at us he's just staring at us yep. oh you got her dude she's down let's go dude i just shot a deer of a lifetime freaking smoked him one with nature, and if you're a believer, one with God. Definitely gets your heart pumping. Boy, you are in trouble. Oh, Obsession Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Fall Obsession Podcast episode. Our Fall Obsession Podcast is driven by Ridge Rock Hunt Company, and I will uh, give them a shout out at the end in our sponsor segment. I'm Sam with Fall Obsession. I'm your podcast host, and I am super excited to be in person with our guest for this week. Um, if you guys have listened to the podcast, you know it's my favorite way to record and uh, spend a few days down here in Texas with our uh, Midwestern Regional Staff Coordinator, Todd Sellen. Welcome back to the podcast, Todd. And Sam, I'm, I'm so excited to be here with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful to have this opportunity to come down and, and visit you, and I'm, I'm glad this, this, this whole process worked out and you know uh just for the viewers and, and people listening sam and i have communicated several times many times over the last last few years you know via text email um you know zoom meetings that sort of thing but um this is the actual first time we got to meet in person yeah and i can verify for everybody he's just as pretty in person <laughs> as he is on your screen so <laughs> So there yeah. is there is no digital editing here. So <laughs> well, that's the that's the first time I've been called pretty. Yeah. Uh, He's blushing through those uh, <laughs> handlebars now. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, it's you know it, we've talked about so many times in the past in the past mm-hmm. 
couple of days that you've been down here and, and we'll get into all that and you know what we've been up to down here today uh on this episode but um i i looked it up because we were talking before the podcast you know how how long you've been a part of the fall fall obsession team and everything like that and uh we couldn't remember if it was 17 or 18 I'm looking up here on your profile it's 2018 was uh, okay. was the year that the year that you joined and then uh we had we got heather to to come on board a couple sure. years ago as well you know with with mm-hmm. you at the same time your your wife and uh and the funny thing is she was actually part of the process before she actually became an official member because she's an English teacher. Yeah. And so when I would write articles and submit content that way, Heather, you need to edit this. Can you can you do some proofreading for me and so on and so forth? So she's informally been been a part of the process since since I began really. So Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, uh we had Heather on the podcast uh for episode one twelve, mm-hmm. uh, to kinda talk about uh you know, kind of her journey as a hunter and mm-hmm. then, you know, that into being a wife, a mom, a teacher, a mm-hmm. coach, all the, all that stuff at the same time and how right. she juggles all that's a really good podcast. And, you know, for our listeners or viewers, go back and listen to 112 if you haven't done that. Yes. Um, and, and, and for me to listen to it, you know, I sat here and listened to, uh, with you yesterday just to hear her, how confident she is now. Man, that just it made me so proud. And, uh, you know, she's always been very supportive for me and what I wanted to accomplish as an outdoorsman. And, to hear that she's getting that confidence now is just just amazing. I'm just so proud of her, and you know, it made me made me feel good inside. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it should for for you for sure. Yeah. Um, so getting into like what you're doing here, man, because because <laughs> we're down here at at uh-huh. my place down here in Texas, uh-huh. um, recording podcasts in person, which is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're from Michigan. Yep. You're absolutely. the you're the Midwest staff coordinator. So you yep. the and and you have been on the podcast before, but virtually, virtually um, mm-hmm. for episode ninety seven and ninety eight with that uh, that whole Midwestern crew that you have out there. Yep. After y'all's Missouri snow goose hunt, which yep. again another couple of great episodes our listeners yep. should go back and and listen to that mm-hmm. that that whole Midwestern crew is one of my one of my favorites to to hang out with and listen to because yep. you know just a yeah. good group of people for sure. A uh, good group of outdoors men and women, mm-hmm. but uh, you're down here in person now. Down here in person. How, how did all this happen? How, so how did we get here? <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, Sam uh, get, contacted me. I think you uh, sent me a text and said, "Hey, I want to get Heather, Heather, and yourself on a podcast independently, so separately." And uh, I said, "Okay, yeah, no problem at all." And I'm a teacher as well, so I I've been off of school since uh, beginning of June. And we go back about a month from now. So really, you know, my my work in the summer involves doing chores, keeping the, the farm running, and then just, you know, having fun when I can. And and when you mentioned something about the podcast, the first thing in my mind was, you know, Sam has mentioned in the past that his favorite podcasts are those that he does live. And I thought, geez, I have time right now. Why not fly down <laughs> and do a live podcast with him? And so here we are we worked it out and i was able to fly down and and uh yeah here we are so. yeah it, it it worked out todd uh he you sent me a text and you know hey well first off there was confusion mm-hmm. when we recorded heathers yeah, because i was i was knocking out several consecutive uh in that day you know mm-hmm. we we do that with our schedules because we all like yourself you know we all work other full-time jobs mm-hmm. outside of all obsession so it's not uncommon for me to sit down one day and record two or three episodes and have a few weeks publications, you know, stacked up and everything like that. And, uh, I long story short, I had three lined up that day and I thought you and I were doing the one right after Heather's, 
But you were at the fair. Yep, yep. So <laughs> Heather did her podcast. I helped her get set up. I go, oh, okay, Heather, I'm taking the kids. We're going back to the fair. It was fair week at home. So, um, and, and our girls had horses at the fair. And so I grabbed the girls. We went to the fair, and we were sitting around the camp, and, and Sam texted me, okay, I'm done with Heather now. I'll get you on here in about five minutes. I thought, oh, boy, I'm sitting in the middle of a fair, you know, at the <laughs> campground. How am I going to do this? So in my mind, I was playing out. I got friends that live close. Maybe I can jump on their Wi-Fi at their house and we can do the podcast. But that's when I ended up calling, <laughs> calling Sam and said, actually, Sam, I'm at the fair right now. What if I, I think that's when I broke it to you. What if I just come down there and do it live? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we, we worked out a few days. I took a shift off work. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're coming down here. So it's like, well, if you're coming down here for a few days, we might as well go try to hunt some hogs. Yeah, that so, was awesome. So, and that's kind of what we're going to get into today is yeah. is talking about your your first texas hog hunting experience mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. here yep. um, with us on the texas dirt property that our our returning viewers and listeners are no doubt familiar with um but i mean that's what happened you flew in yeah. you flew in what was it day before yesterday monday monday yeah flew and, monday and uh monday morning yeah well, afternoon here monday got morning. here around midday monday and we gradually made our way out there to the to the lease for mm-hmm for an evening hunt and planning, planning to hunt, uh, an evening and stay the night and then hunt morning, yep. which was yesterday morning and then come back. Yep. Um, and it was, it was hot. <laughs> I, I warned you about the heat. Um, it but certainly was not like Michigan in terms of the heat. It's a great weight loss program. Anybody, you know, if you're looking for a weight loss program, you know, I, I recommend Texas heat. It's a perfect weight loss program. <laughs> As I sit here right now and look out the windows, I think I've dropped five pounds already, <laughs> even though we're in the AC, but you look outside, it's hot. Oh, yeah. So, but we, we got out there a, a balmy 112 degrees mm-hmm. when, when we got out there, but mm-hmm. um, from just from your perspective, tell us a little bit about uh, getting out there and, uh, you know, driving out, actually getting onto the Texas dirt property and kind of your your initial thoughts and impressions as we as we made our way into an evening hunt out there and, and you know and first of all um my goal for coming down is just to do the live podcast I, I i had no expectation whatsoever to go on a hog hunt so when you offered the hog hunt i'm like oh, heck yeah that's something that i've always wanted to do i've always wanted to hunt um you know feral hogs out in the wild you know in michigan you don't uh, you got a better chance of seeing Bigfoot than you do a uh, feral hog. <laughs> we just don't have them in Michigan. So I've hunted hogs in the past, but I've hunted them on game ranches. Um, so it's a little different experience. Um, uh, I have hunted hogs in the wild. I went on a hog hunt in Alabama one time. Um, it was just a one-day hunt, and I never saw a hog. So I thought this would be a great opportunity for me to get um, uh, to be able to see a hog in its environment in the wild and you know who knows what happens from there um as we were driving up to the property i mentioned to sam several times like man um you know i used to have uh, dish network and we had the outdoor channel and, and and all those other sportsmen's channel and they would film out of texas and this is the exact landscape that i've always that stuck out in my mind you know that's something that i always envisioned myself going on a hunt whether it was for an exotic or a, a hog or a white tail or whatever and that was something that I've always wanted to do. So that's the first thing that stuck out, just the cactus and the, and the mesquite and sagebrush and all that. I thought that was, that was pretty neat. And then um, 
you know, we got out there, and of course, you had mentioned the heat, and you mentioned to me several times, you know, the heat's going to be different. It's not going to be like Michigan. However, I also said to Sam afterwards, yeah, it was there. You noticed that it was there. You're sitting there, and you're sweating, but it really wasn't really wasn't uh, a hindrance whatsoever. I didn't think so. Um, because I kind of prepared myself. I have lived down down in the south here. I lived in Houston for a year. I lived down in, um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico for about a six-month period. So I understand how hot it can get. Um, so I kind of prepared myself. I was prepared for that. And like I said, the heat never really bothered me. And then we jumped out and started sighting rifles in, which was an adventure. <laughs> yeah. we. Uh, so I had a... You know, hog hunting down here, a lot of guys like to do it with an AR-15, and I have a new AR build, and my, I, I, I've told you already, obviously, but for the podcast, I uh, had my neighbor take a look at it night before Todd arrived, and we broke it down and made sure everything was in, in working order and everything. I, I built it from the ground up, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's been a, a long process and adventure for me to get that gun uh, ready to go, and so, but I still need to sight it in. I got to talking with my neighbor and it was dark before we had the chance to sight in at his place. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, well, Todd and I will just do that when we, when we go out there yeah. first thing. And one magazine later, we're like, all right, that, that'll work. <laughs> it it yeah. might kill a pig. We'll see. <laughs> and, and we're both archery guys. Um, yeah. um, not, I'm not saying that we don't, um, we don't rifle hunt or we don't shotgun hunt. We don't muzzleloader hunt because we certainly, I certainly do that. Uh, one thing I mentioned to Sam, typically when our bowl season ends in, um, in mid-November and rifle season picks up in Michigan, after the three days, you're lucky if you see another buck the rest of the year. And so you almost have to pick up a rifle if you want to give yourself those opportunities to harvest a, harvest a buck. Um, and even doe for that matter, because at that point the doe typically stay further out and you, just, you have a difficult time get, getting them within bow range. So at any rate, so it's not like I'm, I'm not familiar with shooting guns. Um, and I know Sam is an archery guy too. And he, so we're basically in the same boat. You know? yeah. Our focus is archery with limited background experience in, in, in rifle shooting and targeting and that sort of thing so yeah <laughs> so we uh we messed around with this rifle and you know this is this probably this hunt was the first time and i i know with hogs you know down here is is the one exception because I, I i you know i talk all the time about how i'm a bow only guy only bow hunt hogs are the biggest exception but even then i don't remember the last time i just hunted hogs with a rifle mm-hmm. so this was my first time to really hunt hogs with a rifle in mm-hmm. quite a while um but anyway, all that is to say, we we get out there in our first, and all this will be in an episode of season two of Texas Dirt. But mm-hmm. um, we get out there and ended up for the first evening, based on the trail cam photos that we'd had weeks leading up into this, and kind of the pig activity. We decided that we were gonna hunt mm-hmm. my bow stand, or mm-hmm. my where most people saw me spend a majority of my time last year uh, on season one of Texas Dirt. So that was yeah. that was the first spot that we were. We were going to set up. We, my dad and I pulled our blinds um, at the end of last season because we didn't want to get t- tore up out there in the summertime, so no yep. blinds. So with pigs, our mentality is just well, we're just going to kind of tuck ourselves back in the brush a little bit, yep. wear either camo or neutral, neutral colored clothes, but at the same time, we're, you're in camo, I'm in a, tan, a <laughs> army green shirt and tan pants, but we're both in shorts, T-shirts, yep. um, mm-hmm. with our boots on everything and just kind of trying mm-hmm. to tuck back there in the brush and what we would learn is that we were probably a little bit too close on that set yep. that first night to to the food source itself. So when we got there, um, 
Sam went out to check the feeder and he went to check the his camera he's had had placed out there and he showed me where he typically sets his his bow stand up um, and said hey let's sit back in there somewhere and so my thought was okay we got to get back in that brush without realizing um, you know because in my mind I'm thinking a deer a deer can see a deer can smell a deer can hear hear and yeah, not being familiar with hogs, I didn't realize that their biggest sense, obviously, is smell. They can't see real well, and they can't hear real well. And so my thought was, we got to get back into this mesquite as far as we can. And Sam was like, nope, just put it right on the edge. Just plop it right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay, we'll see if this works. And that was, that's what I was, obviously, I, I knew it would work because you've had more experience with it. And, and uh, yeah, certainly, it was, it was crazy because as we were sitting there, First of all, as we're sitting there where I just plopped them, um, Sam and I are just sitting there and just kind of, and we're in the shade, so it wasn't quite quite as hot. I'm just sitting there and taking in, you know, everything. I told Sam I was just trying to take everything in that first night and just, just trying to enjoy being out there on Texas or in the Texas landscape. And as I'm sitting there, I feel a little poke on my leg. I'm like, oh, that was a little bug. I kind of brush it off. And uh, a few seconds later, I feel another poke, brush it off. I'm thinking, oh, ticks. Um, at least maybe I got it before it buried its head and, you know, I can avoid all the diseases that come along with that. But I happened to look down and my leg is covered with ants. Uh, so apparently I set up on an anthill. I didn't realize that. So I jumped up. Sam, Sam's looking at me crazy. I'm brushing all these ants off. And then I went and set up at a different spot. I felt like I was like more out in the open, away from the brush a little bit. Yeah. But, and in hindsight, we probably we probably could have just taken up a different a different angle on that clump we were on all together instead of you know kind of trying to make the same spot work just a little differently because of the ants but mm -hmm. um i mean it was what it was it at was that point and, yeah. and we were also kind of expecting again and, and even me you know being more, more familiar with pigs down here was expecting the to hear them coming yeah. you know to hear yeah. them hear them working their way in and at the same time you know bigger groups yeah you can normally hear them coming where we were hunting most of the trail cam pictures were one or two bigger boars that were traveling either in a pair or, or just loners by themselves. Mm -hmm. So, but I still like in the past, whenever I've sat there and I've had a pig come in, I've heard them before they've come in crunching through the, the leaves or the grass, sure. or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so we were a little yeah. caught off guard around eight o'clock when, <laughs> exactly. when we actually finally saw one. So, and it has been so dry down here. The grass is just like straw. I mean, you step on it and it's crunch, 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 crunch. You, you, you can't be quiet. <laughs> yeah. And so we were sitting there and we both got our guns in our laps and just kind of looking around. And I think I was looking behind me to see if anything was coming in. And all of a sudden I hear, psh, psh, and I look at Sam and he's not moving, but he's giving me the... <laughs> the old arrow. <laughs> yeah, kind of like what you do when a deer sneaks up on you. I'm like, so I look over and there is a massive hog. 20 yards away just staring at us he's just staring at us yep and that thing looks so huge <laughs> you know and so now we got to be really careful in our movement we got to be really careful in, in making noise because he's so close um, even though they can't see real well even though they can't hear this guy has pegged and so my thought was um, my first thought was yeah we should have tucked back into the mesquite a little bit more because uh, I felt like I was just wide out right out in the open and and he took a couple steps, then turned and looked at us, and took a couple more steps, and then lifted his head in the air and started smelling. Well, the wind, we, when we first set up, the wind was perfect. It was blowing away from actually where he came in. But as the evening progressed, we, we felt it start swirling a little bit. And so both Sam and I felt that um, 
the boar got got wind of us because he kept lifting his head and smelling the air. Yeah. And uh, took a couple more steps and then turned directly at us. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> We're about to tussle with this massive hog. And uh, and he actually took a couple steps, I think, towards us. And yeah. Then, so then he ended up. He came in really uh, really nervous. Um, and then ended up turning and going back towards the feeder. Um, and he got, he was quartering away a little bit. And I remember in my mind, okay, he can't see us. So I got my gun up right away and Sam, Sam was trying to film it. Um, but because of the way he snuck in on us, we just, it, it, everything happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. And because he was so nervous, I felt like he's about ready to run off. Here's a, here's an opportunity. So, um, you know, I put it behind the shoulder and shot and he spun and then took off running. Um, and then Sam asked, well, how did you react? I said, you just spun and took off running. I didn't know how pigs react when you hit them. I was kind of expecting to hear a squeal and then maybe a kick like deer. When you, you shoot deer, a lot of times they kick or they, they react to it somehow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really notice any reaction or I didn't hear a squeal or anything. He just turned and ran, ran off. So then after a while, Sam and I went down there and we looked and we couldn't find a single speck of blood. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and, and we were trying to, you know, figure out and, and analyze it and see what uh what went wrong, mm-hmm. what happened there. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it later after we after we mentioned the, the morning hunt. But, the you know, the skin on these things is so thick. Mm-hmm. So at times it can, if, if your shot isn't right through the pump house, you know, it can have an effect on your blood trail a little bit. If, if you're shooting around, you're shooting a 243 hunting rifle yep. is what you were shooting. Yep. Um, and not only that, but then he was so close to us when he came out. And when he took the shot, like I was telling you yesterday evening on our couch talk, it was that rifle is zeroed to, you know, 80 to a hundred is when, yep. is, you know, where we sighted in at. And now we're shooting something that's 25 yards away. <laughs> yeah. And again, not gun guys here no, at all. So at all. if a gun yeah. guy wants to comment below and give us more more feedback or, or send something yeah. in on the podcast, yeah, we're we're more than receptive to that. Absolutely. But my thought is the trajectory of that bullet. My understanding is it kind of angles up and then starts mm-hmm. flattening as it as it reaches out farther. Yep. So you're looking at that pig through a scope, and he's yeah. filling up that entire scope. Yep. Yep. You put it right behind his shoulder. My thought, we because we didn't see dirt kick up anywhere around him, indicating nope. that it was over or under. Right. Um, so my thought is that it was a, it was above vitals, kind of in the no man's land. He was quartering away when you shot. Mm-hmm. Bullet probably lodged in behind that back uh, shoulder back blade. Shoulder. Yep. So that that's my initial thought. Right. Um, and again, no blood. It, it sucks to you know talk about that you know for for everybody but it's the reality yeah. of hunting you know is what it comes down to stuff like that happens but and as he spun and, and took off running there you could visibly see that there was no exit exit wound so um going back to when we were target practicing um sam had mentioned dirt kicking up you could obviously tell that when we missed the target because dirt would kick up behind and in fact that's how we were trying to sight the gun in well how far far was the dirt kick up well it was beyond the tree well it was in front of that tree well, yeah. you know so that was um that was a pretty big indicator for us and like sam said i i didn't see any dirt like that he didn't see any dirt like that um the, the next morning however <laughs> was a different story and it's a different story altogether but um, going back, finishing this one up, you know, we went out and looked for blood for, for a while. And it makes sense to me the way Sam described it, because I've had that with deer before, too. You put a good hit on, 
However, um, if you have a lot of fat and it, it can close that wound up fairly quickly and you either have a sparse uh, blood trail or no blood trail at all. And it's just a matter of just doing circles until you find some kind of sign. And uh, we sat for a little bit longer, um, maybe 10 minutes before, before sunset. And we just decided, you know, let's just get up and look. And geez, we looked for a good, what, another half hour, 45 minutes or yeah. so. And didn't find a single thing. So I feel like I hit it. You know, like I said, I'm not... I'm more of an archery guy than I am a marksman, but I'm, I'm pretty confident usually at about, you know, 20, 20 to 50 yards. And, yeah. and so I felt like I hit it, but you, you never know. <laughs> you, yeah. You can't tell now. So time and trail cam pictures will tell a better story on that guy. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So I did go to Sam. I go, Hey, did you get that in footage? Let, let's rewind it and see. And he's like, no, it happened so quick. I wasn't able to push record. So yeah, uh, unfortunately didn't, uh, didn't get it on on film so yeah it it's it's one of those deals like we we were expecting to have time you know have mm -hmm. a group come in be focused on the food and have time and from the very get-go it started feeling feel more like a deer hunt with the oh, way he was sure. acting so for sure yeah he reminded me of a whitetail the only thing he didn't do was bob his head and stomp his feet <laughs> you know yeah. so yeah yeah so anyway we we finish up the the evening there and at that point it is you know, we go back to the hotel, we mm -hmm. get a few hours of sleep, and then we're we're heading back out early for mm -hmm. for the morning hunt. And I I was pretty pretty excited about the, that morning because it was it was kind of it was a new stand. It mm -hmm. was one of the newer locations that my dad and I put out last month in June um, and set it up. And we've been seeing pictures of what we thought was a sow and a couple of piglets coming in every single morning mm -hmm. anywhere from as early as 6:30, and i think the latest we saw them come in was around 8:30. so right. we're thinking all right at, at least a, a two two and a half hour window we're probably going to hang out there and and more mm -hmm. than likely hopefully see them so right, right it was and and that was a that was a really cool setup too like we i felt like we were tucked a little bit farther back and instead of being closer to the food source where we were where mm -hmm. we are back farther off of it at you know, 50, 60 yards instead of, you know, more on top of it. So I, I think, and the wind too, not yeah. swirling just directly in our face. It was, it was a much better setup for that morning. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so when we got back to the hotel that night, Sam made a comment to me uh, that if this were a whitetail, I wouldn't get a, a minute of sleep all night long just because you, know, you try to analyze what you did wrong or what could I have done better or what could I change to make sure that the hit was good. Um, and I said to Sam, and, and, well, he said because hogs are a nuisance animal, they're an invasive species, we just want to get rid of them. So even if you hit him and he, he did die and we couldn't find him, at least that's one more invasive species out of off the property. And um, I said to Sam, I'm not going to get a second of sleep tonight because yeah. I'm going to keep thinking about it. It's just the type of person I am, you know, regardless if it's with a hog out in Texas or a whitetail in my backyard or a rabbit that I'm chasing all day. And, you know, it's just, that's just what I do. And so, so one of the things that I thought of throughout the night was, you know, when I, when I shot at the hog, typically when I shoot, I have a shooting stick. And that's just kind of a comfort thing for me. I feel like I'm more stable. I'm a better shot with a shooting stick. Um, this was just kind of, I just raised it, put it on him and shot. Um, so one of the first things that I did when we got to, uh, got out the, the second morning was I looked for a stick that I could make a, a, make a makeshift shooting stick out of. And sure enough, I was able to find one and, and uh, it certainly helped me put a better shot on the second day. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
so we we get in there for for the second day and you know 6 30 rolls by 7 30 rolls by we're not seeing anything and so me as as a hunt host i'm thinking golly being my luck there we're not gonna see anything it's gonna be the one morning they don't come in at all and then same deal as the day before mm-hmm. they pop in never heard them coming mm-hmm. never heard them walking in there it's just you you turn your head and boom right there they are in that morning too texas heat wasn't as warm so it was what mid 80s maybe yeah mid to high 80s probably at, at yep. sunrise yeah. and in michigan mid to high 80s that's hot and so, but being down in the heat the day before, it actually felt really nice and really cool. And yeah. um, I don't think I sweat at all during the morning hunt. Um, our setup was perfect. Like Sam said, we were about 50 or 60 yards off the feeder. Uh, wind was directly in our face. It did not swirl at all. So it was just a perfect, perfect setup. Um, and then what was it, about 8 o'clock? Yeah, a few, few minutes before 8 o'clock, we looked up before. and there they were. Yeah. So. And, and again, not, really not paying attention. Well, we were looking around and just, you know, trying to trying to get eyes on the hogs before they came in and, and listening and didn't hear a thing. And so I remember I was posting some content to our page and I just hit submit and I hear dot, dot, dot. And I look up at the feeder. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, there they were. <laughs> there they were. So same group. Well, we thought again, a sow couple piglets mm-hmm. um very relaxed very yeah. relaxed no idea we were there so we mm-hmm. had time now get mm-hmm. the camera rolling and we can kind of game plan and try to figure out okay we're, we're both going to take shots here how's this going to work mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we were able to put that together so sam explains this to me it's again we're we weren't talking in a normal voice but we were able to talk unlike a, a whitetail even in a whisper they'll they'll react and respond to but he was whispering to me and saying hey here's here's the plan i got the camera rolling right now let's 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 get our guns up uh you take the sow i'll try to get on one of the piglets you fire first after you shoot then uh i'll get on one of the piglets and see what happens and so i got myself ready sam sam was ready to roll um i put my um I put the gun right on its back shoulder and and squeezed off around with my my shooting stick. <laughs> squeezed off around, I felt good. A couple seconds later, I hear Sam shoot, and and after he shoots, he goes, "Todd, how'd it react?" I go, "Sam, he reacted the <laughs> she, she reacted the exact same way as the one last <laughs> night, so I'm not sure." <laughs> I go, "I felt good. I was right on her shoulder." I go, "She just took right off," and he goes, "I." He goes, okay. He, he goes, okay. He goes, I thought I saw dirt behind her. I'm like, oh boy. So that was the sign that we had talked about when we missed the target. You could see the dirt behind the target, and that was the sign that we missed. And so he goes, well, let's roll the footage back and see. And so he rolled the footage back and ran it a couple of times. He goes, yeah, you can see where your bullet hit the dirt behind. I'm like, yeah, you Shoot. could actually see point of impact on this pig, which yeah, was, yeah. it was like, I mean, I mean square, mm-hmm. perfectly midline, right behind the shoulder, like, yeah, absolutely drilled it. So yeah, so you could yeah you could still. So what had happened is, I I had made a great shot on the hog right through the double lunged them right through the vitals and uh, the dirt we saw kick up was the bullet exiting and hitting the dirt and kicking the dirt up. So. Yeah, <laughs> didn't catch any of that shoulder. Just perfect mm-hmm. perfect pass through. Yep. So, but we yeah so we review that and walk up there and we got blood just immediately underneath mm-hmm. the feeder. So yeah, good good sign right from the get go. So then Sam goes, I'm going to go over here and see if I uh, I hit that piglet. So he walks over there. He's like, Todd, I think we got a piglet down. <laughs> it, it literally looks like somebody took a paintbrush or a paint roller and just walked through the grass. Right it was just to- like you could just, easy to follow. You could see it yards in front mm-hmm. of you. 
So just a tremendous blood trail, and I can tell you that Sam is—he, you know—he's an archery guy, but he's also a marksman. Holy smokes! This, I got this, lucky. Todd. <laughs> I got lucky. That's all it was to it. <laughs> This—he had the AR, the rifle that we were struggling to uh, get sighted in, and after I shot the all the pigs scattered, including the piglet he shot at. So you're talking the pigs were out 50, 60 yards by the time he got a crack at it. It's probably at about 80, maybe even not really. I think he was more like 80 in this yeah. tall, tall brush. So these piglets tend to get lost in the in the tall brushes because the grass is so high and dead run. And if you've ever seen a piglet run, man, they scoot. They Just, sh- yep. yep, all through there. And Sam smoked it on a dead run right in the heart. Again, perfect shot. Pure luck at that <laughs> at that distance and with the rifle setup we had. It was just it was just. Find when it pops up in the grass and aim for body mass. That's yeah. that's all it was at that at that distance. So it I got lucky, but so that was fun. And I didn't even see him because I was tracking the hog I shot at um, as far as I could. So I was tracking the hog when he shot. So I didn't even see the piglet when he shot. So um, so then after we found yours, we went back and started following the trail for the one I shot at. And just like the night before, we had good blood at first and then kind of lost the trail a little bit. Yeah, and uh, and then we kind of did the circle thing, and ended up finding more blood here and there, and ended up taking us right to the hog, laying in some uh, some mesquite. Yeah, so, we're yeah. we're walking up trying to find it, and kind of circling this little patch of brush. And, you know, the bloods kind of go around the edge, and I'm I think yeah. I even said out loud, I was like, "Where is this pig going?" Yeah. And Todd's like, "It's right there. <laughs> it's right <laughs> in the middle of the brush." Yeah, <laughs> there it was, laying dead over there. Yeah, so. yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. Yep. And and then th- we were surprised too because then we pull it out and we realize what we thought was a sow and a couple piglets yeah. was actually a boar, a young boar, mm-hmm. and the piglet, at least the one that I shot, was a young male. Yeah. And I'm assuming the other one probably was as well. So right. it kind of kind of baffled me there because I wasn't expecting it. You mm-hmm. know, you see them on trail cam and everything, and, and your pig was probably 150 pounds. Yep. yep. You know, you see it on trail cams and stuff, and you're like, oh, mom and a couple piglets. Right. For some reason, just a little little group of the guys hanging out or little brothers hanging out with big brother, and right, right. big brother might be trying to get rid of them. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> and, and, and we were chuckling a little bit yesterday afterwards because just before, uh, while, while we were making the plan, when the pigs were at the, the feeder, Sam goes, Todd, you take the sow. I'll shoot one of the piglets. Okay, so we kind of chuckled. Yeah, Todd, you take the sow, and we didn't yeah. realize it was uh, a boar. So yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, I mean that that was uh, it, it was a fun hunt, and I'll I'll debunk a couple a couple things on the podcast here for for our listeners or viewers if somebody's you know tuning in and they're they're not familiar with hog hunting, mm-hmm. and they might be asking themselves one of two questions. One being. Um, is a boar good to eat at all? Mm-hmm. You know, because that, that's a very controversial subject down here. And then two, why are you shooting piglets? Mm-hmm. You know, why are you shooting young pigs? And my, when I say piglet, I'm not talking about like, you know, fresh off the, yeah. the hind teat, you know, yep. Yep. piglet. Yep. But, you know, this is a 30, 40 pound little little pig is what it is. What it is. Mm-hmm. Um, hogs are such a nuisance down here. They are an invasive species. Um, you, if you're hunting private land with landowner permission, you don't even have to have Per, tex- per Texas laws, you don't even have to have a hunting license or a tag to kill them. You can kill them any time of the day or night yeah. by whatever means. Right. Like that's how adamant Texas is to get rid of these pigs. Mm-hmm. So they repopulate very quickly. Sows will have two to three litters a year. And so they can just overtake everything very quickly. And I told you like this, this pig that's now 
30 something pounds mm -hmm. is more than likely from a spring a spring litter yeah. too yeah. so that's so, how quickly they they grow too and everything so just a few months ago yeah yeah so it's it was it's very important just where we're at and the situations we're at and especially since during the summertime we're only able to get down there to the lease you know once maybe twice a month in the summertime if we're lucky you know it's important to take every opportunity we can to try and get these pigs out of there and we actually saw evidence of that later on in the evening yeah. um so after we got done with the hogs and we we butchered them up and that sort of thing we are going around the texas dirt property checking cameras from your dad's stand and yeah. nick's stand and nick's dad's stand and that sort of thing and one of the stands we hit um had fencing around the feeder um and i said to sam you know what you know is that fencing meant to keep the hogs out and he said yeah that's meant to try to keep them out but they still get in and so later that day sam's like check this out todd and there's a group of four or five hogs yeah at that feeder yeah so it's <laughs> it's nick's dad his robbie is his name it's his one of his stands that he had out there and he had sent me a text when he knew we were going out there all of us on the lease are super cool with each other we don't mind if you know guys hunt each other's stuff and everything you know we're, we're, we're close um and robbie had sent me a text saying hey if you're down there would you mind checking one of my spy points it's angled too high up i you know need to adjust it down so we went down there fixed the angle and everything on it and then i showed you a picture last night yep. from about 6 p.m so still a hundred something degrees outside yeah. and in that pen there's two pigs in the yeah. pen robbie sent it to me he's like hey thanks for fixing my camera but you left some hogs behind <laughs> and these hogs had to bust through the the fencing just to get in that pen so um, they they did some damage and that's kind of what we're talking about yeah here. the damage they do to the environment and and cost money cost yeah, people money exactly yeah. so very very important to to get them out there and if you have such a big hog population too mm -hmm. they i mean they will come in like you saw like clockwork every morning coming to that feeder yeah. well if deer and pigs they'll live in the same environment but they don't live with each other obviously so yeah. if a deer comes in that morning and see that there's pigs under the feeder deer's going to go somewhere else right. so pigs can pressure deer out mm -hmm. of areas potentially if they're too invasive so yet another reason as deer hunters to yeah. get them get them out of there so, so the fence was meant to keep the hogs out and just to allow the deer in yeah yep. exactly. Yep, exactly so so one so one one thought i had too was that you know like i said michigan we've we've hunted hogs up in michigan but on game ranches and to me, you know, the challenge is still there because I've hunted on 700-acre ranches. And I told Sam, the, the other pig hunt I went on, we went out before sunup, and it took us most of the day to even get on a hog. So it's still a challenge in, in terms of the chase and that sort of thing. Um, but in terms of their feed, they're constantly being fed farm food. They're being fed corn. They're being fed hay. They're being fed, you know what I mean? Right. Whereas out here in the wild, you don't really know. And I think that's where the stereotype comes in, what's wild hog meat like compared to store-bought meat right. and so even this game ranch hog you kind of you kind of wonder that as well i can tell you that game ranch pig that i shot was some of the best meat i've ever eaten and we actually pulled some pork out some pork loins out that we bought at the store and compared it to the pork loins from the hog uh, off the game ranch and the pork loins from the store were completely white and the pork loins from the the hog from the game ranch were a little darker in color and when you tasted yeah. them man the store-bought ones just tasted like water compared to the game uh, you know the the one from the game ranch and so i'm super excited and that was one thing i said to heather yesterday I'm like 
the meat looks awesome. <laughs> I go, when we get home, we're going to take one of those back straps, we're going to throw it in the crock pot, and we're going to make a make a roast out of it. And I'm just I'm just so excited to, to taste it. And, yeah. yeah. That was going to be my next question yeah. is, you know, what do you, what do you think of the meat? Because like I said, so many people are like, only eat the cells or only eat the young ones. Boars are nasty. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a younger boar. It's a 150-pound pig, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, and, and I agree with you. I've Every experience I've had so far out on this property since we've killed pigs, mm-hmm. I have yet to kill or clean a, a smelly, nasty hog. Now, granted, I mean, yeah, they walk through mud, their yeah, feet, their yeah. bellies. They might be might be muddy or something like that. I know my dad's pig that he shot last year, it had a lot of, it had some mud on it, but yeah. the, again, we're, I'm also dealing with guys who have made clean shots. Yep. So you're not yep. dealing with gut shots, yep. gut shots. Yeah. That, that can be different. nasty. That can be with nasty any, on a deer. Yeah. But, with any animal. but we're the meat. It just, it, to me, it has seemed very, yep. very clean, usable yeah, for sure on clean. these pigs. And, and I mean, what better way to fill your freezer, especially year round in Texas? For so. sure, for sure. You know, like I said, we're excited, and you get a sense of what the meat's like, regardless of what type of animal. You and I had this conversation about some deer that had been injured, and you you try to butcher it, and you get a sense of, man, I don't know if this deer is very good at all. It's got a, a different smell, it's got a different look, so on and so forth, and so you can tell when uh, you know how good the meat is simply by just taking a look and smelling, and this was just clean fresh meat and uh you know i told heather i'm super super excited to to get this thing cook it up and 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 start eating it so yeah yeah so well very cool yeah i'm I'm glad you got to have a good experience and and got to have a good a good hog hunt down here and uh you know do something that you've wanted to do um glad we made that opportunity come true and thank you for helping me with well, my thank you with yeah. my cameras yeah. too after the fact driving you dragging you around the heat a little bit for yeah. uh, for there some trail cam it's, checks it, it so. was all fun all fun and you know like i said the hog hunt was not expected at all but when you mentioned it i was all on board yeah let's do this let's let's get it done so yeah yeah, yeah. and like i said the first day i was just kind of taking it all in until that hog snuck up on us and then it got real real quick yeah real <laughs> and quick so, yeah. It, yeah and it changes like that and i mean mm-hmm. we, we talked about that last night how that's mm-hmm that's part of hunting and something that we, that we love is just, mm-hmm. you know, it can, it changes in a split second. You know, you go from relaxed to adrenaline pumping and something's about to go down. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so that second day, you know, I, um, I kind of went into it with more of a, okay, we get an opportunity. We got to make sure we connect. And so that was kind of my focus. And the funny thing is, like I said, I was posting content to our page when Sam was like, Todd, Todd, like, wait, I got to hit send. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good stuff. Well, um, speaking of content, um, one thing, and and I know we're going to, we're going to stack up a couple podcast episodes here consecutive on our publication schedule with you. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, we, like I mentioned at the beginning, we just did an episode with your wife, Heather, Mm -hmm. um, about kind of y'all's life and and her specifically hunting up there in your neck of the woods. I want to talk to you about the same stuff, but we're going to do that in its own its own podcast by itself. So probably, probably the next episode, but, um, you're, you're not just here for the hog hunt. Like you mentioned, you came down to, to record in person, hang out, get to get to meet and socialize and kind of know each other a little bit. But, um, last night we kind of kicked off uh, a new New series. series, It it, it may, at this point, it may or may not be on our channel yet. Um, it will for sure be in our editing room at this point, but, um, so coming soon at the least, but, um, 
tell us a little bit about this this new series that you and I filmed the first episode for. So it's called Couch Chats, and it really came from, like I said, the best ideas come from camp. <laughs> you yes. know, when you get to meet people in person, meeting you in person, you're like, you know, Fall Obsession as a whole, you know, we're just one big family, and, and we mentioned it with the Snow Goose Hunt. We, Sam and I, again, when we first met in person, again, we've known each other for years. <laughs> you know, it was like we've always hang out together, and so it's yeah. kind of cool. But couch, couch Chats really came from that Snow Goose camp, and every night at when we would come in, we'd, we'd, we'd sit on the couch with uh, different staffers, myself, Andy, and I think Delaney were the first night, and second night was myself, Heather, uh, Andy, and we tried to get Tyler. Tyler, you know, we wanted to feature his luscious mane there. So, um, yep. <laughs> which has been which has been a, a topic of conversation for even people outside yeah. of Fall Obsession. When I when I did the radio show, they were commenting on yeah. Tyler's <laughs> glorious mane. glorious mane right there. <laughs> Don't ever shave it, dude. <laughs> yeah, no way. I tease him about oh, he has no hair on his head. It's just real. Um, so I tease him all the time. You used, all your hair used to be up here, and all you did was just whoop. Go down. <laughs> <laughs> so but Tyler was more comfortable doing the directing and telling us how we need to sit and how we need to talk and that sort of thing so thinking about those times I thought man what if we had a series where people just sat around and just talked about random kind of random things there's a direction but um, just to get to know people in person and, and it's it's way more laid back I know here on the podcast we have a little more structure but Sam and I recorded the first episode last night and it just flowed we just talked about things and you know we talked about hunting we talked about just random stuff and as we were talking to each other we we developed more questions in our head and just kind of asked each other the questions and you know my vision is hopefully we can incorporate some some audience participation as well and as we're recording these maybe uh, somebody from who was watching decide you know they they give us a question and and we each go around just answer the question and, and just go from there and just talk about ourselves and who we are so people get to understand where we're coming from and and the staffers that make up fall obsession and you know our, our philosophies on, on on life in general yeah you know? it, it it's similar it's a similar feel a little bit more laid back i feel like than than our podcasts mm -hmm. um and 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 like i told you last night you know it's not we're just going to take advantage of opportunities as they come. It's not mm -hmm. going to be something where uh, every single Monday or every single weekend, whatever it might be, we have to post another couch chat. You know, like we do the we do a podcast every single Monday. That's that's our podcast schedule. We we stay to that. More laid back than that. Right. Um, but you know, you, like you just mentioned, taking advantage of these opportunities that all these staffers are together, taking advantage of you and I just hanging out after dinner last night. Yep. You know, talking and everything before we went to bed. Yep. Um, you know. So, so much good stuff can come from that. So, um, it's going to be, they're going to be videos that it won't be published on podcast apps or anything. It's going to be on our YouTube channel. Um, again, fall obsession couch chats, I think is kind of what we're, what we're going to call it. Um, I, I imagine Todd will probably be in a lot of them, but it's mm -hmm. not, there's no designated host, I guess. It's just going to be kind of whoever, whoever, yeah. whoever, uh, within our own staff and our own network has the opportunity to sit down and, and mm -hmm. hang out and talk for a little while. Um, so there'll be, there'll be some, probably, yep. probably a lot in the Midwest, you know, where, yep. where you're at and then up North with Drew and Andy down here in Texas with me and Nick, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to do stuff like that. Again, more laid back than the podcast. Um, and then like you mentioned, we mm -hmm. want to incorporate listeners and viewers into it. Right. So I can see it going to like Facebook live or wow. something like that to where we, we actually put out for, for our listeners, Hey, sure. there's going to be, a, we're going to be recording a couch chat live on this day at this time mm -hmm. on Facebook live. 
video will be up on the YouTube after the fact, but you know, chime in, mm-hmm. give us some, Absolutely. give us some feedback, give us some topics, give us Absolutely. some questions live on Facebook, you know, as we record. So. And, and my original vision was Wayne and Garth sitting in their basement, just talking about <laughs> random stuff. I'm like, yeah, we need to be a little, we got to be a little more, uh, you know, cautious about what we talk about. A little more PG yeah. than that. Yeah, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we got to get you and your wife on too, Sam. I mean, at dinner last night, you know, your wife was talking about how she loves to go out to Texas and, and fish the ponds and that sort of thing. And I remember I made a comment saying, hey, this is a couch chat right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. well, and, man, that's so many, so many times we've had opportunities like that where, where that has been my, my exact feeling. And I, one that comes to mind, and, I've, you know, we've, it's come up in our conversation since you've been here a few mm-hmm. times, but when we did our giveaway hunt last year with uh, Mark Zorich, yep. um, veteran hunter, uh, we brought him out here, and there were so many, like we filmed the My Obsession episode and everything with him, right. but there were so many times that it was like, man, I need a camera rolling right now. Yeah. Or me, yeah. him, and Waylon just sitting at camp, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, having Check. a beer and whatever and just, just sitting there hanging out, and it's mm-hmm. like, man, we need something rolling right now. Like, right. I, I, w- I wish we had this idea sooner because that would have been an amazing couch chat with oh, that guy, sure. you know. Yeah. So I, I love it. I love the idea of taking opportunities like that and, yeah. and putting it out there for, you know, s- some people, I, I, I get it, some people don't might not have the, the patience or the time to sit there mm-hmm. and, and watch, you know, an hour-long video of guys hanging out talking hunting on the couch. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the way I see it, yeah, it's going to be a video. You know, I mean – Plug it in while you're doing something else, right. you know. Have it, have it playing in the background, even like you do with these podcasts. You know, listen to it mm-hmm. when your earbuds while you're at work or whatever it might be. You know, and, so. and it's and it's real hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Real. So I I I, can't, I was telling a story last night about a deer. I thought I put a really good shot on, and turned out it wasn't as good a shot as I thought. And I was describing it a little more in detail, and just uh, just because that's what I try to do. I try to let people visualize exactly what right. was happening and. And then Sam made the point that, hey, this is real. I mean, this is what we deal with, but this isn't this isn't us. And so some this isn't us wholly, you know what I mean? There's more to hunting than just this part. Right, exactly. And so um so sometimes as we're we're talking, we'll we'll come up with stories like that. But that's that's the whole purpose of couch chat, to get to know who you are as a person, as a hunter, as an outdoorsman, as you know, in in life and out in the woods and and so on and so forth. So Yeah. Well, like I said, man, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, and I encourage our viewers or listeners, however you're tuning into the podcast today, um, to go to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. And be sure you subscribe and turn those notifications on. That way, um, when we publish our first couch chat or future yep. couch chats, um, it's gonna, it'll pop up and you guys can tune in. So yep. it'll be fun. Sounds good. And bow fishing, we leave a week from tomorrow for southern Indiana. We have a group from the Midwest going down to southern Indiana for a boat fishing trip hosted by Delaney Pfeiffer and uh you know Delaney and I have had several conversations and we we pretty much agreed let's roll the cameras the second we get there and I'm sure we'll have a lot of content coming absolutely. in absolutely so. well Todd I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up this first podcast we're not done we're gonna keep recording and mm-hmm. um in our publication schedule there, we're gonna have an episode with you next week um talking about kind of what you kind of piggybacking off of Heather's episode, you know, talking about what you guys got going on up there in Michigan, some Mm -hmm. of your hunting experiences up there. We might talk a little whitetail scouting up there. And then, uh, we'll talk a little bit more too, probably about our, our fall obsession staff, the family atmosphere Uh and kind of the, 
just the the team aspect that you've you've built as a staff coordinator sure, up there. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. but absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We'll get into all that with the next yep. podcast. Yeah, but sounds good. But uh, for our listeners' sake, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you for watching. If you're watching the podcast video, if you are uh, a listener on whatever podcast app you might be listening on, be sure you hit that follow, subscribe button, whatever it might be. We are on all major podcast platforms as well as uh, Waypoint TV. That's a free hunting and streaming hunting and outdoor streaming app basically you can download on your phone. It has hunting shows, podcasts, educational series, all sorts of different stuff from uh, hundreds of different uh, different organizations on there, and it's free. So be sure you go download the Waypoint TV app and follow Fall Obsession. Um, our podcast episodes, like I mentioned, are also on our YouTube channel. Um, so be sure you head over to the YouTube, subscribe. We got a bunch of other stuff coming out, including um, we're about to launch our season two of Texas Dirt. Um, which I'm super excited for that series, uh, one that's near and dear to my heart. So be sure you go check out the YouTube. Um, FallObsession.com is our hub. That's the place you guys can go to find all of our content. At this point, we've we built a custom website that we can share everything on. At this point, we cover hundreds of different topics um, in the outdoor world from from all over the country. You know, I I put in stuff relevant to Texas. Todd and Heather have put in a lot of content relevant to their area, the mm-hmm. Michigan, the Midwest, and and so on and so forth with all of our staff members. So um, be sure you go over there, explore around, um, check out the apparel too. Uh, I don't know if you can see it in the podcast video with the laptop, but I'm rocking the Bear Country t-shirt, and then we got hats like what Todd's wearing and everything um, on our website as well. So we also do a, a deal of the week where we're trying to combat the rising prices in today's economy and everything. Yeah. And uh, basically pick a different apparel item every single week, mark it down to $10 and uh, sell it at $10 just flat for the week. So if uh, you guys want to check out the deal of the week, head on over to fallobsession.com or our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I already said YouTube, all that stuff. We're also on Go Wild app, which is a free um, social media app for hunters and outdoorsmen, um, censorship free as well. So mm-hmm. you can post whatever you want on there and they're not going to get you in trouble for yeah, it or anything yeah. and uh, they also have a pretty cool reward system that you build up points as mm-hmm. you post more and you can earn rewards and product and gear and all sorts of cool stuff through them so and again yep. it's free so go check out go wild um last but not least ridge rock hunt company they're the podcast sponsor um we love Derek and Lacey over there in mississippi they are a third party agency that books hunts for outfitters and all the outfitters in Derek's network are vetted and trusted outfitters so he guarantees a good experience give him a call no matter what you're looking to hunt in north america um he he's got something in his network and he can try to fix you up for something in your price range if it's out of your price range he can help you formulate a plan in years coming with um, tags and draw results and stuff to to help plan that hunt out for the future as well so head on over and check out ridge rock hunt company todd i enjoyed it man we'll do another one here in a little bit but uh appreciate you not only coming on the podcast but flying down to texas (laughs) to come on the podcast i I appreciate you and and your wife and your hospitality and and uh, you know just letting me experience this this was just so awesome awesome so yeah well it's good good to have you more to come so yeah for sure all right guys thank you all for listening and we'll be back again next week with y'all and todd for another fall obsession podcast episode we'll catch you then stay obsessed y'all